welcome to the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. I'm David Lorimer, co-editor of a new book, Spiritual Awakenings, Scientists and Academics Describe Their Experiences. It's published by the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences and is available in paperback and Kindle editions. In this series of weekly podcasts, we'll be sharing the 57 original essays together with introductions and epilogue from my co-editor, Professor Marjorie Willicott. We hope you enjoy them. Part 1. STEs Through Spiritual Practices This first category of essays encompasses STEs that include awakenings that have occurred through a variety of spiritual practices, including meditation, mantra repetition, and other practices that have awakened a tangible spiritual energy within the body. In some individuals, the awakening occurred as a dramatic stilling of the body the first time they were introduced to a practice, including being in the presence of or receiving initiation by a master of meditation. For example, in her essay, one woman described her first meeting with a spiritual teacher. Once seated before the master, I was suddenly transported into another state of being by a powerful and irresistible force. I felt totally exposed, totally seen, totally known, totally accepted, totally loved. In others, the awakening came as a result of intense effort over a long period of complete devotion to study and meditation. For example, in one of the essays in this section, the meditator had an awakening that came as a result of intense effort over a half-year retreat, in which he devoted himself completely to study and meditation. He said, Then, in a sudden and unexpected rush— the seeking of the past six months and the concentration of the past three days finally burned a hole through the ego eye. For another person, this quieting of the verbal narrative happened as a result of intense mantra repetition over a period of seven days. He said, This was the seventh day since I had started mantra repetition. I continued my mantra deliberately as I walked out of my office, then out of the building, across the street, and onto the grassy meadow. And then the universe opened up to me. I seemed to be one with the cosmos, the grass, the trees, the sky. Just as in many of the following categories of awakenings, the current experiences often occurred as the normal, verbal, egoic narrative associated with the stories of who we are and how we relate to the world were suddenly stilled. As was discussed in the preface, researchers examining changes in brain activity during deep states of meditation found that among advanced meditation practitioners, there was reduced activity in the DMN and a concomitant decrease in self-referential or egoic-related narrative, enabling an experience of expanded awareness. You may recall moments in your own life when a meditative practice, even walking contemplative in nature, may have moved your mind towards silence 
and expansion. I'm home, awakening to a deeper connection with my heart, my mind, and the world. Marjorie Woolicott, Ph.D. In 1976, I had an experience in meditation that opened me to the awareness of a dimension of reality I had never before experienced. I was invited by my sister to a meditation retreat by an Indian meditation master, and though I was skeptical, I was curious and decided to attend. In the first session of the retreat, it was announced that during the meditation period, the meditation master would walk around the room and initiate everyone there. The host described this as a spiritual awakening and that it would occur through the master's touch. As a young neuroscientist, I was skeptical, but I was already there, so I made the decision to put my skepticism aside for the duration of the retreat. And in fact, I was curious to see what might unfold. When he reached me, I felt the Swami's thumb and fingers on the bridge of my nose, right between my eyes. I was deeply attentive. I had closed my eyes, but my other senses were fully aware. So when I became aware of what seemed like a current of electricity enter from the master's fingers into my body, I had a sense of utter certainty about what had happened. It wasn't that I understood precisely what had occurred. To this day, I can't explain it. But it felt as if a mini lightning bolt leapt from his fingers to a point between my eyes and then down into the center of my chest. I could feel the precise point where it stopped. It was my heart, not my physical heart, but more like my true heart than my physical heart had ever been. I felt this astonishing energy radiate outward from my heart and filling my whole being. It felt like nectar, like pure love pouring through me. Words came to mind, and they were unrelated to scientific analysis. I'm home. I'm home. My heart is my home. What was most surprising to me was what happened after the retreat was over. When I returned home, without any effort, I made a complete shift in my habits, beginning the morning after the retreat. I spontaneously awakened at 5 a.m. and got up to meditate. And this new habit has continued to this day. I meditated knowing that just below the surface of my awareness simmered a quiet ecstasy. I had tapped it once. I knew it was there waiting for me. As a result of this meditation experience, I experienced a shift in my worldview, and I began to question my materialistic perspective. I now had a professional dilemma. I had to consider if the world I live in is truly Newtonian, as I originally believed, or if it is actually consciousness-based. I began to explore the nature of consciousness through my own meditation practice and through research into the characteristics of conscious experience. I asked, what is consciousness? Is it tied to neural activity? Or could consciousness somehow exist without neurons? 
though I was meditating every morning, in my early years as a meditator, I considered myself first and foremost a scientist. The scientific part of me had no interest in finding research support for phenomena that are considered mystical or paranormal. Such experiences are not within the scope of Newtonian science, and this precise cause-and-effect materialist view of consciousness was still the perspective I held. This led to a fragmented life. It seemed like there was an almost impossible chasm between my life as a scientist and my life as a meditator. I would reveal one type of experience to my friends who meditated and to my students in the yoga and meditation classes I taught. And then I would bring up the other, very different experiences of mine with my colleagues in neuroscience, those I worked with in various areas of rehabilitation. I was so afraid of losing my credibility with my scientific colleagues if they found out about my life as a meditator. After 25 years of leading two lives, I felt a bit schizophrenic. It was a problem I decided to resolve by publicly integrating the two halves of my experience. I first began to try to bridge this chasm between the two sides of myself by doing scientific research on meditation. I asked, does looking at meditation from the third-person scientific perspective inform us about the origin of consciousness? I wanted to understand if meditation changes our mental abilities, and if so, how it does this. What could be the physiological basis of such changes? And in fact, our research did reveal that meditation significantly improves our mental abilities. Our lab and many others have shown that meditation improves mental focus and emotional regulation, for example, and that our attentional networks get stronger. This research shows that meditators, in fact, are like high-powered athletes of the attentional arena. Their attentional systems become both strong and flexible. After an extensive period of research and reflection, I wrote my first book on this topic, Infinite Awareness, The Awakening of a Scientific Mind. In writing it, I was seeking another level of integrity. In addition to summarizing current research on the nature of consciousness, I wanted to speak frankly and openly about my experiences of expanded awareness as a meditator. I wanted to explore what these experiences have to say about the nature of consciousness and the nature of the human mind. From my continued exploration of meditation, I have learned that to understand the true nature of consciousness, the third person or scientific perspective is not enough. We also need to include the deep mystical experiences that come from meditation and other spiritual practices. Since that time, I have expanded my research to include the exploration of mystical phenomena, such as spiritual awakenings, near-death experiences, and end-of-life experiences. And I have offered my time to organizations such as the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences, the AAPS, as co-founder and current president, the International Association of Near-Death Studies, IONS, as research director, and the Galileo Commission. It is one way I have found of sharing my joy and insights related to this new understanding of the world with others. Thanks so much for downloading the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. Do join us for the next episode. <laughs>